Hello, everyone, and welcome to Metal Gear University. I'm Kay. I am T. And we are back with part two of Metal Gear Solid. In the week that's passed, I imagine all of you listening have been playing the Metal Gear Master Collection. I have. <laughs> oh, boy, have you. The amount of trophies you've unlocked is actually kind of shocking. <laughs> I mean... I, I thought I would get more, to be honest. <laughs> it's been a lot. Like, Tom is definitely trying to platinum everything. He's played through Metal Gear Solid 3, I think, even three times. <laughs> uh, I was working on 3, but I was like, you know, I should probably play the others. So I think I'm playing I'm playing 2 at the moment. But it's it's been a week, and what's, I would say, interesting is that we've actually stepped back in the last week of being on Twitter and Discord, because there's been a lot of discourse regarding this master collection. Yeah, there, there, there's been um, a lot of criticisms towards this master collection. Some, honestly, are fair, and some that I just deem to be just unfair. And I feel like it's very, uh, it's getting to a point where it's, I dare say, like overblown. Yeah, I mean, if anyone wants like an actual our hot takes let us know we were going to only spend a little bit we were only going to spend a few minutes on talking about it but um i mean i agree with what you said and also for me personally it was a little bit draining to it, see everything it was i i mean i i spent a lot of time with metal gear and it, it's something that brings me a lot of uh I, it, it's funny to think with like a series that the, that's like this serious and political. It's like my go-to like relaxation game. It's my go-to like <laughs> oh, I'm gonna stay home today. Game. I mean, you yeah, know? it was. It's like me playing Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts can get so sad and sentimental, but it brings you back to a time when like you were experiencing this art for the first time. Yeah, I hear you. And this discourse kind of took the fun out of that for me. And at at its core, the collection does a fine job with porting these games over. Yes. Um, I mean, people, I mean, I'm sure if you go online, you'll find people getting into the weeds about what runs better or what looks better or what. Frame rates, graphics. And. Valid. Some are valid. I, I, I will contest. But at its core, the, the games are solid, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> you said they, it. They run. <laughs> I mean, that, at the, at the me, bare minimum, look, I, that's the game runs. <laughs> no, wow, okay. you Konami show. No, what what I'm trying to get at is <laughs> no. What? Okay. No. What, all I'm trying to say is that at its core, <laughs> I what I wanted, and I, I can't speak for everyone, but all I wanted was to play Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid Two, and Metal Gear Solid Three. And I can. Yes. And to me, that's not at this at the risk of sounding like a fucking shill. And I'm not a shill. All right. <laughs> we hate Konami in this house. <laughs> I just, I just wanted those games again, and I could give less about what sort of like uh, stuff what's going on under the hood. Yeah. You know, I, I I genuinely don't care. I have two points that I want to say. One, everybody's opinion is valid. I get that people are fair to criticize companies. People are fair to want certain things and feel a certain way. I am all for that. 
my own personal opinion, and this is as your resident gamer girl. You can't see what I'm doing with my hands. Your resident gamer girl. If you want to play Metal Gear Solid and this is your first time playing it, the collection works well. We have played it on Steam and we have played it on PS5 and it looks great. It runs great. And if you are new to the series and you will heed my word, please play it. I think it is it's it's a great port. And beyond just the it runs, I think we haven't really encountered any bugs on the PS5 port yet. There were some bugs with the Steam one, but it's good. And I'm excited and I cannot, I, I, I just hope people aren't dismayed by the reviews. If you're going to look at reviews, as always, read what people are specifically stating. You can't read a thumbs down review and it's like, oh, it's not in 1080p. That doesn't tell you anything about how the game runs or what's happening, you know? Yeah, and look, you can call me stupid. Go right ahead. Maybe I am stupid. No. No. Not on our podcast. Okay. But like, all I'm trying to say is that people have said that it's at 1080p and then no, it's, it's not 1080p. It's 720 upscaled to 1080p and it's not 4k. And look, I, my eyesight isn't shit. Okay. It's not, it's not bad. I'm looking at it and it looks fine to me. You know, I, I, it's call me call me like untechnically savvy, <laughs> but when I boot up Metal Gear Solid Three, I'm looking at it and it looks fine. I don't. I I genuinely I just don't know where it's coming from. No, to be I, honest. I mean I will. The game is fine. I would say my goal for the future for any remakes or ports, I want people to do what what is happening with the Tomb Raider ports, where. They have an option. You can play it as it originally was back when the Tomb Raider games released, or they have this like kind of like upscaling, uh, remodel. They did like for, retextured, retextured, so people can experience it in the way they want. I think is is a cute idea. Yeah, you know what? If there's a thing to criticize the Master Collection on, it would have been cool to have that option. That would have been kind of interesting. So I I will say I hope companies move in that direction. Because it seems like people want options. But at the end of the day, if you just don't want to bring out your PS3, if you don't want to emulate, this collection does a fine, fine job. And the beauty of living in the future, in our Lord's time of 2023, (laughs) there's updates that can be like, uh, what's it called? When they do a a patch, they can be patches Mm -hmm. to fix any kind of bugs or whatnot. So... I am happy with the collection. Thumbs up for me. I'll give it a solid 8 out of 10. Um, I, would say, I would say 8 out of 10 as well. You know, I, saw, I say two, it docks points for not being seamless on the first day for Steam. Mm-hmm. And um, the PS5, I would say probably a 9 out of 10. But the Steam one, there's there's some things that you can tell they're going to fix later on. Yeah. But um, it, please, please get it. Wait, wait for it to be on sale. Ask for it for, you know, a gift. It's... Play Metal Gear. God damn it. Play Metal Gear. God damn it. Do it. (laughs) Jump in. (laughs) And with that, let's go to the pop quiz. Excellent. You know what? I am not ready for this pop quiz. As always, Tom writes his notes. I wrote them down. Um, You hear that? (laughs) I wrote them down. I love it. I actually really, really like it. So uh, he's going to be asking me the questions today. Okay. So today... (laughs) 
I wrote down six questions. Okay. And there are actually six this time. Not one, two, three, four. Go on. I forgot. Okay, great. <laughs> We're off to an excellent start for this pop quiz. Oh, not the, you know, the vibes are off. The vibes are off. <laughs> okay, so I wrote down six questions that are based off of what happened thus far in Metal Gear Solid. Oh, yes. So, let's start off with question number one. Name four members of Foxhound. Oh, I almost listed the members of Snake Support Team. Okay, dramatic pause. Four members of Foxhound. You have Decoy Octopus. You have Sniper Wolf. You have Vulcan Raven. And then you have Liquid Snake. Correct. Thank you, thank you. Well, you're doing amazing thus far. <laughs> the first question. <laughs> you're doing great. So far, 100% correct. That's how it should be in my game. Question number two. What color was the DARPA chief on Snake's Soliton radar? Ooh, I like this. A little technical question. Mm -hmm. Dramatic pause. The DARPA chief was green on the radar. Correct. Thank you. I, think I knew it. I yeah. knew it. Thank you for these, uh, for complimenting my questions. I wanted to make questions that were like both uh, approachable to new players and maybe something that would scratch the heads of older fans out there. A little bit, yeah. I, I appreciate that, you know. Trying to make it the questions a little bit diverse in level of skill. So true or false? This is question number three, by the way. True or false? The nanomachines in Snake's body decreases his sweat, thus leaving less evidence of Snake's presence. Ooh, another great question. The nanomachines do not do that. For bonus points, which I'm choosing to create, the nanomachines help prevent hypothermia, and this is confirmed by Naomi. That is correct. Hooray. However, through the rules that I am making up, those bonus points don't mean anything. The points don't matter? The points... Uh, uh, <gasps> I don't know if they do or they don't yet. Can we bring Colin Mockery onto okay. the podcast? What What would Colin Mockery do? He just sit here. <laughs> I just want him to sit here. I'm sorry. Can we have him do like bad impressions of Metal Gear characters? You know what? We should explain to him and then ask him what he thinks. <laughs> or he we could ask him the pop quiz questions. He could be like the actual. Okay, I'm oh, oh. sorry. I, sorry, I, the points don't no. matter. I love whose lines anyway. Sorry. <laughs> we gotta get Colin Mockery. That that's that's what we gotta do now. That's the mission <laughs> for Metal Gear University. Question number four. Ooh. Name three members of Snake's support team. Ooh, I know three bad bitches off the top. Okay. Women in STEM. We have Mei Ling. We have Naomi Hunter mm -hmm. and then Master Miller. Correct. All, all, all bad bitches in STEM. Yeah, you love to see it. <laughs> now, question number six. Last one. Last one. Now, this question is a little interesting because this is more of a question of people who might have played the game already. Did I, is it something that I did, we didn't mention in the last episode, maybe? We might have. Okay. Um, but I, I I wrote this question in terms of like people who might have already played the game. Oh, cool. I, I appreciate the attention to that, that group. Okay, I'm ready. 
Did the ninja chop off Ocelot's left or right hand? The ninja chopped off Ocelot's right hand. Correct. The ninja chopped off Ocelot's right hand. You are correct there. That is, honestly, that visual too in the game, um, I think the ninja chopped it off while he was invisible. So I think from Ocelot's point of view, he was looking at Snake and then his arm just fell off. Can you imagine that? That's terrifying. I mean, between that and the heart attacks, I'd be like, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, you know, this is just Shadow Moses Island. Like, just why not? Why not? All, all, all the goofy hijinks happen here in the Saw room. <laughs> oh my God. Can I, okay, yeah, before we go in, everybody, please let us know what you got on the pop quiz. Also, let us know if you have any feedback. Is there, If there's any questions you want to ask people or, you know, have us ask on your behalf. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, if you if you want to ask, uh, not ask, if you want to submit a question. Ooh, either for the pop quiz or for us to answer. <gasps> that'd be cool. We, I would say you can go to, our, go to our Twitter, TKM. You can DM us. And if you want to email, email us, we do have our, our general TK and sometimes M at gmail.com. It's a pretty long one. Maybe we should make a new one. But for right now, either DM us on Twitter or TK and sometimes M for any questions for the pop quiz or in general, or, you know, any feedback. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always appreciate feedback. Good or bad, but mostly good. Mostly good. Mostly good feedback. You can put the bad feedback in. Um, you can make the font smaller. Yeah, make it a little smaller. It makes it harder to read. Or they put it invisible. And then when I c- copy all of it and see it <gasps> highlighted, I'm like, oh, oh they're so mean. <laughs> okay and with that tom thank you for the pop quiz we're ready to jump back in and hopefully finish the entirety of metal gear solid right now let's go for it let's try so where we last left off in the previous episode we saved baker from the saw trap (laughs) baker um you know after the ninja chops off ocelot's hand he runs away which makes sense we're in the room with Baker, and Baker's giving us intel, essentially. Yeah. He's basically saying uh, how nobody really ever disarmed their nukes to begin with. Oh, right. Like, there was never any real, real peace. Like, it's just that the, the, the government's just got real sneaky with it now. So, like, outwardly, it's like, oh, yeah, everything's good. But on the low, it's just, it's all the same. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's this continuation of, like... Um, countries vying to be the strongest like um, war machine possible and so it's it's just like nice little kind of again really <laughs> this real push into this kind of political atmosphere we're getting a lot more of an understanding of the world that snake is in mm-hmm. and i feel like too with this whole military operation we can understand like so there's a lot of secret ops that are happening a lot of covert missions because i feel like snake can't be the only one yeah no there's got to be other guys like him but then again, Snake's the best. Snake is the best. So Baker gives us, Solid Snake, the disc and the ID card. And then he also mentions something about Naomi, doesn't he? Yeah. Snake pressed Baker on like knowing what that cyborg ninja was. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, you said that. That exoskeleton. Oh, yeah. So Snake is like, yo, you knew who that was? And he was like... Uh, it's Foxhound's dirty little well, secret. Yeah, ask Naomi Hunter. She'll know. Naomi. And said, um, he also says that he gave Meryl the key cards. 
Yeah, the, the PAL override keys to disable Metal Gear's launch. He says to call her, but he doesn't remember her codec. And he tells you it's on the back of the box? It tells you that it's on the back of the CD case. I always forget that. So the actual like Metal Gear Solid CD case has... Yeah, for, so for people who are listening, uh, who are uh, unaware, if you have a physical box for this game, a physical case, if you turn it around it will have a picture of Meryl's codec number on it. And that is what Baker was alluding to. He wanted you to physically look behind the case to find out Meryl's codec I number. I love games that do these little fourth wall breaks. It's so cool. Like, I, I think about uh, a plug for this 20-year-old game called Eternal Darkness on the GameCube. I feel like I'm the only person who, <laughs> who, who still talks about this, like, weekly. It's it, a good game. It's so good. It's on the GameCube. It was a horror game. It had a lot of fourth wall breaking um, experiences in the game. But um, things like that, I feel like it. it's it's funny because you would think it'd break the immersion. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it makes you so much more interested. In like, like, I mean, how did you feel when that happened when you first played this game as a kid? I thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like, I for some reason, like, I thought that, um, I mean, but... I know there's probably games that have done stuff like that since then, but for me, Metal Gear was the only game that I have ever played that really pushed the envelope Mm -hmm. with what the player has to do to progress the story forward. And I feel like, too, there's things that we're going to talk about in a few where um, you can see where developers really pushed what was capable of the console. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll talk about that in a bit. But um, it's it's pretty cool, and I love that on the back of the Master Collection, if you buy a physical copy, like the PS Five, for example, mm-hmm. they have the Meryl's Codex screen there, so you can keeping that tradition alive. You I, have to, man. I, whoever whoever did that, whichever person suggested that, love you. Yeah, kudos, you. kudos, kudos to you. So again, Baker gives you the disc ID card. Um, he tells you how to find Meryl's Codex, and then he also tells you how to find the lead engineer. For Metal Gear, whose mm-hmm. name is Hal. Hal Emmerich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So once he's done giving you all of this intel, he gives you the ID card, and he tells you what to do next. He just drops dead. Surprise, surprise. Again. Again. <laughs> the second person that dropped dead. Um, and, of course, you have your support team. You first call Naomi. You're like, what is going on? And who are you? Like, you press her. You're like... You press her, you press Colonel. Colonel's like, my, my man, I don't Yeah, I have no idea. And then um, Naomi's like, I don't know who that ninja is. But she says it in such a weird way. Like, like it's... Very coy. Yeah, very coy. Very much like, you know something, Naomi. But what's Nick going to be on the phone pressing her? Yeah, like, what can you fucking do, you know? And then... <laughs> oh, my God. No, it's just I feel for Snake so bad because he see Again, this game... Only a couple of hours have passed since he swam in, right, mm-hmm. from the submarine and, like, infiltrated this base. And two people have died in front of him, seemingly of heart attacks. Like, uh, imagine that for two seconds. How often... I mean, look, if it ever happened to you, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> imagine someone dying of a heart attack in front of you. Horrifying. And then... It happens again? And then your boss is like, just keep going. Like, my man, what? Can, you know? Like, can we at least acknowledge that this is kind of weird? And then to be like, 
I maybe know something, but I can't say. Like, oh, you can't just leave out of the. You can't just walk out of your shift. You gotta just keep. <sighs> you're already there. Your your shifts on the island. I don't. Anyway, <laughs> you know. But um, it's terrible. So I mean, I feel like he calls Meryl after. Of course, he calls Meryl to find out about the key cards. But I feel like Meryl's new. Maybe he's like, I can make a connection with someone else. Mm-hmm. So he calls Meryl, and they have a cute little moment, a la Gustava in Metal Gear Two. When they talk about like like Meryl's like, I I can't kill. I it's how do you do it, Snake? How do you how are you a soldier? How do you kill? And Snake's like It's it's easier the more you do it. Ooh. It's cold blooded, man. Like I get it, but damn. And I mean, whether it's Snake putting the moves on her or just trying to console her in any way he knows how, he's like, You're you're not a monster. Like I seen your eyes and they're beautiful and they're compassionate. Like, that's how I knew I could trust you. I knew you weren't a bad guy. So I feel like his attempts at reassuring, like, I, I, I like the way he tries. He, he, after all the pain he's gone through, he still tries to like. He, he still recognizes like if someone's having a rough time at it, you know? Yeah. And I feel like he understands the gravity of what he's done and what he has to do. Yeah. Uh, he, Snake strikes me as a kind of guy that he's dealt with a lot of this himself. Mm-hmm. And he, he wants to try to mitigate that pain for other people. No, and, and it makes sense, too, because it's funny. She came on the base and she was the rookie. Like, he was back in Metal Gear. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in this kind of way, he's the Gray Fox figure to Meryl. That's really... That's rough. Oh, so you can tell, like, he really has this kind of, like, moment of, like, really trying to provide support to her. Maybe support that he always wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, you know, during the conversation, she also mentions, like, Snake, do you have any family? You, you think it's her asking about if he has anybody he cares about or whatnot. But she's like, you you look like Liquid. Are you two brothers? He's like, I don't have any family. Like, no. <laughs> He's like, no, I don't, I don't have any family. I'm alone. And then you're like, okay. It's just a doppelganger or something. I don't know. Yeah. After their conversation, Snake asks if Meryl could open up the cargo door to proceed north to link up with Hal Emmerich. Meryl then proceeds to open said cargo door while Snake waits around and hangs out somewhere. Mm -hmm. Snake is trying to get her to sit there and just be like, (laughs) just wait. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm going to go for it. It's the only way... I could figure out if I'm meant to be a soldier. Okay. And, and Snake is like, well, damn, I can't stop you. Yeah. It's like, okay. So, she, you know, they separate. I mean, yeah, they, they go their own ways. Of course, they'll probably run into each other again. Yeah. But, I mean, your next main thing is to now hopefully run into her, but two, find how. Mm-hmm. Find how Emberic, um, and hopefully he'll have some intel on how to defeat Metal Gear. So as you're going, traversing through the base, going to find him, you get into this outside area and you immediately get called by some new person who you don't see on the codec. And this is a person with a cryptic voice. And he's like, there's mines out in the, the field, right? Yeah. And he's, his snake's like, who are you? And he's like, just call me Deep Throat. I'm one of your fans. Gross. <laughs> I mean, Deep Throat, of course, is uh, uh, mentioned to the Watergate scandal, but damn. Yeah. So you, you couldn't just be like, it's a secret. Like I I, I, I have no name. That would 
something yeah. just as cool. I'm Mr. Secret. I'm Mr. <laughs> and I'm one, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> but, you know, so you you're able to like find out that there's mines in this area, but in this area is also a tank. A tank. Right? Isn't this isn't this like a, a, a boss fight essentially, right? Yeah, this is like the second boss fight in the game. You progress forward and a tank fires on you. Snake dodges it like a cool guy. So cool. And out from the tank, Vulcan Raven reveals himself to you. I really love this battle because it reminds me of when you fight the tanks in Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, it really just feels like they they took the tank fight out of that game and we're like, oh, let's just control C, control V in this 3D environment. Like it it just it feels the same. Yeah. No, there's there's definitely like a lot of things that they wanted to do in Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2. And then when things jumped from 2D to 3D, it was just like oh, I want to make that game that was in my head. Yes. You know? No, and I think it's the same because the way you fight this is the same way you fight it in Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2. You throw grenades at it. The only thing with this game, since it's a 3D environment, it's like, okay, how is the grenade harming the tank? Yeah. And the way it's harming it is that for some reason on this tank, they left the the entrance. The, 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 the hatch on top. It's open <laughs> so that soldiers can come out and gun at snake with these machine guns that are mounted on top so snake like lobs grenades <laughs> into the hatch he, he basically he's like lebron james right now <laughs> lobbing these grenades Ooh, sports person over here yeah i'm a sportsman <laughs> also i like the fact that it takes multiple grenades to kill them like you think it only take one one grenade in the hatch wasn't enough you have to keep those people are resilient <laughs> in that little like i don't know how they're surviving <laughs> Or, like, not because... At the very least, they'd be deaf. Like, what... (laughs) Oh, my God. But you've defeated, and, like, the tank is done. As you're exiting, because, again, you're going your way to find how, we see a cutscene. Us, the players, see a cutscene. And we see Raven call... He comes out, right? Yeah, he comes out. Miraculously... Intact. He's intact. He's unscathed. He's just there. (laughs) I don't know how he did it, but he's, he's, he's alive. He calls his man up. His boss. And he's like, the job is done. Snake has the cards. Because you get cards after this boss battle, right? You yeah, he has a, a, a key card? security card. Mm-hmm. So um, Vulcan Raven's like, boss, the plan is going just like you wanted. And then the British man goes, um, <laughs> you want to say this, Tom? What? Oh, perfect. We'll play with him a little longer. The British man apparently knows Snake and wants to be the one to kill him. And they're, and they're toying with him. They're toying with him. It's, it's again, Snake just being uh, led astray. Um, thank you for that impersonation. I mean, they're okay, I suppose. But I appreciate, off the cuff, I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. Um, so again, you're traversing. You're, you get a couple of calls from your number one fan, Deep Throat. <laughs> and he's like helping you. Um, clear gas-filled rooms. Isn't there like a... Um... Yeah, uh, Deep Throat... Oh, God. Deep Throat <laughs> specifically says that you need a remote-controlled missile to uh, hit a circuit panel that depowers a electrified floor. So funny. Just like... Just like in Metal Gear. One or two. The I, first one. I believe in one. The first one. So come on, all these callbacks. Again, this game of 
you know, stands on its own. It has, it introduces new ideas, but it's so many little things where, like you were saying, they had this idea of Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 in their head and they were like, we can flesh it out like an actual movie now. Yeah. So cool. So, so absolutely fun. So, um, Deep Throat's calling you, helping you. And on your way to how you eventually run to this hallway. And when I tell you, just in time for Halloween, this hallway is spoopy. Yep. It's very, it's very scary. It, it looks like a, like a literal massacre happened in there. You look, there's like blood on the walls. There's bodies thrown about. And you see these bodies have been kind of like sliced. Yeah. Snake says himself that it looks like that they were cut by like some kind of blade. Oh, like I wonder who it yeah, is. I wonder. Um, and then at the end of the hallway, you actually see, like, you see, like, this invisible figure. I guess you see, like, I don't know how you see an invisible figure, but, like, you know, it's, like, little... It looks like, light uh... Light reflecting. You like, can... uh, yeah, like you said, like, light reflecting through it, and it just looks like, a rippled effects Thank you. Yeah, ripple effects. And then it, the invisibility turns off, and we see it's the ninja, and he enters into a room. So we run in, we go after, and we see him walking towards this person on the floor who we can who we know it's Hal Emmerich. Yeah, he's wearing a white lab coat. It's probably it's probably the guy. <laughs> white lab coat, no gun, glasses. We're like, okay, that's Hal. Um, what's funny that made me laugh is that Hal pisses himself. That's the sad part. But what's funny is that when you walk in the room, Hal looks at you and he's like, what now? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, what else? <laughs> He's like, like you know, you're not, you're, you're not there. You don't look like the hero. Like you, it's just two people running up on you. You know what I mean? And like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, just kill me already. <laughs> just get it over with. <laughs> Can't do this anymore. This leads into us getting more information from the ninja, and the ninja's like, I've been waiting for you. He he says that uh, a a fight to the death with Snake, like only that would. His soul find respite. His his soul would what? Find respite, I believe. Is that a oh, word? Oh, I think it is. I believe that's that's what he says to Snake. So according to the Oxford Dictionary, respite is a short period of rest or relief from something difficult or unpleasant. So I, I think that describes the ninja pretty well. Man. And so... There, there's something interesting about that. Like, it seems like you get the inclination that the ninja knows who Snake knows is. Knows who Snake is, and he, they want to do battle with him. Apparently, again. Again. Um, meanwhile, how um, how Emerson in the back, and he's like, yo, it's like one of my animes. This is wild right now. It's one of my Japanese animes. I mean, I, I suppose so. He's like a cyborg ninja and like some, I don't know, some anime protagonist cool guy. So, of course, you know, your objective is to get Hal Emmerich and this ninja's in the way. So you and him fight. Um, and this this ninja is like blocking bullets with his sword. He's doing somersaults, cartwheels. I don't know the difference. He's <laughs> yeah, jumping around. Is there a difference between a somersault and a cartwheel? One of them you roll on the floor, I think, forward. Oh, uh, okay. So, but I don't. I'm well, I, I'm sure that the ninja can do both effortlessly. <laughs> so he's, he's, he can skip. He, 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 oh, I get it. He could do a mean skip. <laughs> so Snake gets frustrated after more or less burning through ammunition and it hitting nothing but air. He just punches the ninja. And the ninja is like, ah, now we could fight as warriors. <laughs> just like old times. 
Like, huh? Excuse me? Mind you also, you can call people. I love through all these boss battles is that you can call people on the codex. So I like to think that snakes running around and just calling people for help. Help me. Help me, please. <laughs> so you call Naomi and he's like, do you know who this is? Like, I mean, uh, Baker told me you knew who he is. You hear him now through my little codex. Do you like, do you know anything? And Naomi goes, maybe I should ask you the same thing. Fuck her, man. Get out of here. Get out of here with that bullshit. My man is fighting for his life. And she's like, maybe I should ask you the same question. Do you know who that is? And then goes, never mind. And hangs up. Come on. Ooh, when I see Come on. When I see you, you know, you being Solid Snake, being the best, you beat him as of any defeat, at least to a monologue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes, do you remember me? And Snake is like, no, you were killed in Zanzibar. It's Frank Yeager. Gray Fox himself. He's back, baby. He's back. For another round. I think the fighting with the hands was like the kicker for like the reveal. Because mm-hmm. like the last time you saw Gray Fox, you were fighting him hand to hand. Um, They were both on fire, I think, like back in Metal Gear 2. After you defeat him in the, um, what was it? He was Metal in, Gear D. In Metal Gear D, you fight hand to hand. And I think that was just like, that was Gray Fox's. Last moment. That, that, that's what kind of jolted him back, you'd say. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Frank Yeager's back, and he's he's better than ever. Yeah, better. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So much so that he <laughs> he screams in pain. Uh huh. Yells the medicine, goes down and bangs his head on the floor repeatedly, mm-hmm. and you know what a completely healthy person would do. Uh, and then he turns invisible and runs away, screaming once again. So, great. Amazing. I mean, you get the impression that, like, he has a new personality and there's this old one competing. Like, I kind of get this idea that, like, he's fighting. He's he's either, like, remembering old memories and, like, slowly um, while it's competing with this new person that he is. Like, you know, like, it's like, um... Yeah. It's... It's it's complicated. It's complicated. But um I think he is like this because Naomi talks to you and kind of gives you information that she had the whole time. Yeah, you finally like uh Snake calls Campbell to be like, yo, that was Gray Fox. <laughs> and Naomi just decides that now is the right moment to tell the truth. She's like, he he should have died. Dr. Clark, my predecessor, was using a soldier for a Gene Therapy Project. They committed a war crime. They found a body on Zanzibar land and brought it back to life and used it. They drugged Gray Fox for four years and put him in a suit. And he was used to test all sorts of techniques. Um, So cool. Great job, Dr. Clark. Yeah, Dr. Clark is a great person. Yeah, I hope... That's the sickest thing I ever heard. I hope he never show up again. Um, Great person. And... Naomi knew so much because Dr. Clark was her predecessor. Um, but Snake's like, nah, you know, you know a lot about this. There must be some other reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but Naomi, of course, continues to be coy. <sighs> Damn, Gray Fox. I, the reveal it's to sad. an old friend. It's sad, man. No, I think when you, what you mentioned about him like banging his head and the screaming, it's really... Like, he's, he's in pain. He's clearly suffering. Like, he's not in a good place right now. And I feel like the fight with Snake probably made him feel literally alive again. 
Like, I feel like it, it jolted a part of him that was uh, almost maybe a good memory. It was like, oh, this, I know him. Maybe like a sense of security and safety and like, yeah. I know what's happening. Yeah. It, like, I would imagine the way that uh, Snake and Gray Fox operated, that last fight that they had was something almost like some old school like two samurais going at it you know what i mean we don't want to fight but we must and i respect you as a warrior and yeah and a friend oh man i it's it's sad that not only is gray fox suffering but so is snake because if you snake had to kill or essentially like kill gray fox the last game and now he's back and it's what, what he has to do it again you know like he already killed Essentially, well, he thought he killed Big Boss the first time, had to kill him again. Mm-hmm. And then now it's he thought he killed Gray Fox, had to kill him again. Then you talk about Schneider and then killing Schneider. Yeah. Well, well he, he didn't kill Schneider, but Schneider he didn't kill, died. He didn't kill Gray Fox either, mind you. Sorry, yeah. But like these people had already passed on and you could have think he he got through that and, and grieved and whatnot. But yeah. he was rehashing old feelings. Yeah. After reeling from all of these news, um, Snake heads over to a locker that Hal was hiding in. He's basically saying, like, come on, get out. <laughs> are we are we alone, Hal asks? It's like, yeah, I always work alone. And he's like, alone? Are you an otaku too? It's like, damn, man, just get out. <laughs> get out. What, are you, what are you even talking about? <laughs> I just saved your life. Um, they go into this whole spiel after that little cuteness. They go into a whole spiel. Um, Snake asks how specifically about Metal Gear, how it could launch a nuke and what it was made for. And how states like Metal Gear is for defensive purposes. What are you talking about? Yeah, he says it's a theatrical, uh, uh, missile, a theatrical missile defense. A uh, TMD. I, and that's more or less like if a missile is coming at you. You launch like a kabillion missiles to make it almost like a shield in a sense so that the missile would collide in air and thus defending your territory. And that's what, according to Hal. That's what he was building, right? That is what Metal Gear was intended to do. And Snake's like, no, this is a death machine. This is supposed to launch a nuke. And and Hal is shocked because he's like, I never wanted to create Something to kill. I want to... Like, that's not why I came, became an engineer or scientist for. Yeah. Hal more or less opens up and he says the main reason why I wanted to get into this business was to create cool little robots. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the government was like, yeah, okay, we'll do that for you. But, you know, they kind of like went behind his back and were like, oh, we're going to just fucking put a nuke on this thing. But he... he <laughs> Who cares what this little dork says? So, like, the development was split into teams, and so a different team worked on... The weaponry. The weaponry. Metal Gear, according to how, shouldn't be able to handle nukes. Yeah, it shouldn't be able to handle it. He says that it has a rail gun, it has uh, some small missile modules, and, like, a laser. Yeah. But nothing nothing that would handle a nuke. Um, he talks about Rivermore National Labs... And that's apparently the company that was um, Arms Tech was working with. And he says that Rivermore was working on a new nuclear weapon. But all of this was done in VR. Like they were just working on stuff like a VR tech lab. And they needed actual data in order to 
I guess, make sure their VR testing was accurate or sufficient. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening at Shadow Moses was supposed to be the launch of the, the physical test. However, the, the digital tests that they did was put onto an optical disc, which was the same disc that Baker gave to Snake. So Snake has Rex's test data. And then also, I forgot who was told this, but it was the impression that it was supposed to be a dummy nuke launch happening on Shadow Moses Island. But what we come to find out is that an actual nuke is being launched <laughs> from mm-hmm. Shadow Moses Island. Um, and that's kind of like uh, what Fox Hunt is there. Like They took over from then to shoot the actual... To nuke. shoot the actual, the real thing. It's a lot for us to dump on you. Imagine how Otacon feels. Like, for all you knew, you, you were just making like a... a a robot that was just kind of cool looking and yeah it had weapons but like no more than like a tank would have yeah it was like a, def- a defensive weapons you know yeah um and so he's distraught because he's like i didn't want to make weapons to destroy mankind or humankind you know i'm gonna join you let's destroy metal gear together snake initially wants hal to escape but hal is like how am I supposed to escape from an island? <laughs> Which is a fair thing. Yeah, fair. Um, and also, he really does want to help. Yeah. Which I think um, why Snake is... Like, he kind of also agrees with it, I think. Partly because, like, like how is so bent um, on righting that wrong. Even though it wasn't even a wrong by his choice yeah. he's like no like i i feel like partly at fault for this yeah he he played a role you know yeah so I, I think snake really likes that i think i i like to imagine that he's reminded of himself like being sent to do something and then you're later tricked and like told no no you were actually a pawn how was about a pawn oh 100 mm-hmm. he, he was he was tricked there's some kinship in that i feel yeah so how asks you to call him otacon because <laughs> it it stands for otaku convention. Oh my god! We should look up future Tom. Can you let us know if that's still a convention? So yeah, there is a real life Otacon. Only it's not spelled how Otacon spells his code name. This one is spelled O T A K O N. Now they usually hold them in Washington D.C. every year. However. The first one was held all the way back in 1994 in a Days Inn in Penn State, I believe. The attendance was 350 people. The recent one in 2022 held over 40,000. So it's doing quite well. Thanks, Future Tom. <laughs> um, he becomes a member of the team. He says, you can call him, ask for help. Um, and he tells you, go go find Meryl. Because, again, we still have the PAL key cards. We can stop the launch. Go find her. Um, and you can find her. What does he say? Um, you can find her um, when she's alone. Mm. Right? He's like, um, you have to just, you know, she's in the enemy uniform. Find her where she's alone. And Snake's like, where is that? I was like, don't be dense. Come on, Snake. Use your head. It's the women's bathroom all over again. From Metal Gear 2. 
it's it, it's it's like poetry. It it rhymes, you know. So, so like from my understanding, okay, one, we can imagine as female soldiers, right? Like this female soldiers in in real life. Yeah. So that's why they would have uh, a women's bathroom. Well, also you would also have to say that this wasn't always like a completely military installation. You're right. It was a civilian base. Thank you. See, that always tricked me up. This was a civilian base, so there wouldn't be. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if canonically there is any female genome soldiers. You don't see any. I, I, you don't see any in-game, so I would assume that there wasn't. Which but is, not to say that there couldn't be. Yeah, but, but I guess that's why it would make sense to find her alone in the women's bathroom, because she'd be the only woman on, woman on base. More or less, yeah. Okay. I mean, the, the, I mean, if you're counting other... Actual, like, like there's, like, Sniper Wolf. True. So, I mean, he might have run to Sniper Wolf in the bathroom, by mistake. That's kind of funny. And also, it's kind of funny that they're, like, in control of the whole base. Why not just use any bathroom you want? Because there are rules. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, he'd follow the rules. Um, so, you go and you find Meryl. Hooray! Um, another conversation. Snake and Meryl be going in on these... Yeah. Like, they really... Maybe it's the intensity of the situation. They open up. Yeah. I, I think that... I mean, we we discussed it a little earlier on how uh, Snake and Meryl's relationship is almost akin to Snake and Gray Fox's relationship, where Snake was green and Gray Fox was experienced, and mm. now Meryl is green and Snake is experienced. That is a good point. That's a good point. Like, it's Snake taking on this role. I think what's also interesting is that Snake actually talks more about himself. I remember something that I wanted from Metal Gear 2 was people asking Snake like, introspective questions. Mm-hmm. It was always like Gustavo talking about her family and her love and whatnot. Um, but this time Snake is actually like almost unprompted telling, talking about his family too and like his, his feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, for example, in this conversation, they talk about war. And how there's like there's no winners in war. Um, Snake says he only feels alive on the battlefield. Damn, that's sad. He's like, you know, I do this because I like it. Kind of almost like what Big Boss said to him, like you, you like being in war. You like being on battlefield. And Meryl's like, no, you, you fight for the good guys. You, you're, you're not bad, Snake. <laughs> and he's like, no, I fight for myself. Wow. What an edge. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Meryl opens up, says she was doing all of this to understand her father and not for herself. Like her father had passed and, um, she wants to be a soldier to like, in a sense, get closer to him, mm-hmm. um, to understand where he was coming from. And then you begin working together with her. You, your goal ultimately is, you know, she comes along with you to destroy Metal Gear, no? Exactly. Uh, she gives Snake the, the PAL keys, mm-hmm. which ends up being a PAL key. So it's not even, it's not even multiple to- it's just one? Yeah. We were told from the get-go that you need three PAL keys mm-hmm. to engage the safety lock. Okay. To disable the launch. But Meryl only gives you one. And Snake is, you know, taken aback. He's like, where, where are the other two? And Meryl is just like, this is all I got. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you, man. This is literally all I got. Jeez. 
All right. I, I guess we're working together now. You got to find the other two keys or something. I don't know. So you now you two are traveling together, which is pretty cool. But at some point, this girl gets a headache. And I I felt seen <laughs> in, in that moment because I had a headache from the get-go. But she gets a headache and she's like, what? Like, this is weird. Out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then automatically, she just stands up straight and she's like, actually, I feel good. I let's keep going, Snake. Voices robotic, movements robotic. Something's up. Yeah, that's not suspicious at all. Not suspicious at all. So they head forward. <laughs> I mean, there's only there's only one way to go. Yeah, what are you gonna do? He- headache be damned. You gotta go forward. So they go forward into the commander's room, and the door just shuts behind them. Cool. Yeah, great, right? Then. Meryl just points her gun at Snake, and she's like, oh, Snake, do you like me? Do you like, oh, like oh, me? Oh, hurry, make love to me, Snake. And Snake's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Excuse me? And she's walking towards you, gun pointed at you, and you see behind her this man, Psycho Mantis. Just levitating behind her. He's obviously controlling her like a puppet, mm-hmm. and... Oh, this is... It's, it's, it's the worst. It is so scary, because it's such a shift from, like... I would say, like, you are now having to fight this psychic enemy. Like, you yeah, know, it's one thing to be invisible, but to be a psychic. Yeah, I mean, even the the cyborg ninja included, every encounter Snake faced so far is, like, tangible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this, the, the cyborg ninja is, is crazy. But, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now he's fighting, he, he might as well be fighting a fucking wizard. Like, what is, <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah, you, a battle begins, and you literally have to try to hit Psycho Mantis, but Mero is also being puppeted by him, and she's shooting at you. So you have to knock her out, so you, like, can attack Psycho Mantis. It's this, like, yeah. balancing act you have to do. And when you knock her out, then Psycho Mantis fully reveals himself to you and he does the that iconic i'm sure even like non-initiated fans of this series will know of the iconic like i'll make your controller move through the power of my will alone you know <laughs> i can read your memory card yeah like, all, all that all that good stuff mm-hmm. and thankfully there, there's i mean not to plug the master collection again but thankfully there's like a menu that you can actually custom make your memory card to make Psychomantis say certain things. That is really sweet. And I think that that's that's such a cool addition. That's really sweet. Psychomantis fight is definitely um, a fight to watch. I would say you've never seen it before. It's really cool. Um, it's it's really I feel like the development team pushing like pushing what was possible. Um, for example, he says that he can read your mind, and one of the main points of this battle is that you have to unplug your controller from port one and plug it into the controller port two because then he you're essentially what it is is that psychomantis is reading the left side of your brain if it's in port one but if you move the controller to the port two he's reading he can't read the right side of your brain for some reason because i I looked this up like over 90 percent of people uh think from their left brain is it because they're left they're righties yeah and only 10% of people think with their right brain. 
Is so, that, that's you, because you're a lefty. I am left-handed. Ooh. So maybe Psychomantis couldn't read my mind. Oh, Who knows? If, if anyone... Oh, okay, I'm going to keep you in mind. For, if I run into any um, <laughs> any floating psychic a- any, men... Any floating psychic dudes out there? <laughs> Wait, let me call Tom! <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and I'm unaware if that was, like, the inspiration behind it, but I remember that being, like, a thing where, like, the left port and the right port representing the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere of your brain. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've heard it since. I think that, I mean, if it's headcanon, fine. But it's headcanon <laughs> that I choose to believe in because I think it sounds cool. No, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty, And it's, like, again, it's, like, I think it's worth... If not playing it yourself, watching it on YouTube, it's such an interesting little fight. Um, but of course, you being Snake, as always, you defeat him. Of course. You defeat him. You save Meryl. And post-fight enemy monologue. Yeah. As Psychomantis is dying. Yeah, he a Snake unmasks uh, Psychomantis to, to reveal this horribly scarred man underneath. Aww. And... Psychomantis goes on about how humans were only made to bring each other pain and misery. He says that basically his awakening, his first moment where he began feeling like this, was um, he peered into his father's mind first as the first person. And all he saw was disgust and pain veered towards him. And he said, and this was so sad to me, he said, I thought that he was going to kill me. And that's when my future disappeared. Like, come and he was a child. Yeah, he was just a little kid. Like, I think, we don't get an age, but I think he was under 10. Like, he was... Yeah, he must have been under 10, yeah. And so, he, um, he felt that from his father, and I think the next thing he knew, he woke up and his village was burned down. Yeah, everything was on fire. So, I mean, we can imagine what happened. Yeah. But um, just come on, this little baby with these psychic powers. Did they ever say how the psychic powers in this game, how they um manifest? No, I think he was just gifted. Just gifted psychic boy. Yeah. Um, During this fight as well, if you call Naomi, she tells you that um he was part of the KGB um, back in the day and he helped solve crimes. But what happened was that um, he was delving into the mind of a serial killer and he delved too deeply and adopted that person's personality. And so he, whether before um, that or due to the, like getting this personality, he has this real like disdain for mm-hmm. humanity and humanity's need to pass on one seed. Yeah, I think he got a little too grossed out by all the weird shit that people think. <laughs> That's brains. a good point. I mean, the thing too with Psychomantis is that he puts the mask on as an easier way to block people's um, thoughts, right? Yeah, he it, he says that when he has the mask off. Mask off. Sorry. <laughs> when he has the mask off, other people's thoughts just enter his mind. Like, almost like he can't control it. Isn't that kind of like what happened with Jean Grey? Remember, Jean, or no, Jean Grey, she was just too powerful, and Professor, we're talking about X-Men, sorry, <laughs> but wasn't Jean Grey, like, her friend died or something, and, like, it, it's been a while, I got, okay, I got never mind, never mind, okay, but I, I think, like, Professor X had to put blocks in her mind to, to prevent, protect her to prevent from the Phoenix, right? No, to prevent her from herself, because oh. she was too strong, and the Phoenix comes later, oh, okay, but I'm no expert, but, um, but I, I, I kind of akin the mask to that, the mask was a way to to wall it. To wall it and protect himself and make it controllable. Mm-hmm. Um, so he actually asks you, because, you know, at that point you took his mask off to look at him. He's like, 
can you put the mask on, please? Like, I I want to be alone. Yeah. I want to be alone with my thoughts when I die. You know, I I want to be alone. Um, also, Meryl really likes you. And then he also <laughs> says, like, at this point, I was like, fuck you. He looks at Snake and he's like, you're just like the boss, Snake. But compared to you, I'm not such a bad person. Damn. He's like, you're... You're 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 worse than me. Damn. Come on, man. You're dying, okay? You fuck me then. <laughs> Damn, man. Come but, on. But Snake just eats that. He just sits there and lets I mean it's a dying man, so he just lets him do his thing. <laughs> he finally dies. <laughs> and Snake is on his way out. And Meryl kind of apologizes for what happened. And she's like, Hey Snake, is it true what Mantis said? Are you really all alone? You don't have any family? Do you have anyone you love? And he's like, no. Other people just complicate my life. Oh. And it's like, Ugh. <laughs> and And that he was, he never had a family, but he was raised by many people. I, I think it's like foster care. Like, it sounds like it. I was it's, raised by many people. What is that? I, I get foster care from that. You know? But Snake's like, yeah, like, it just, it complicates things. I'm like, this is the saddest, this poor, poor little man little soldier yeah even Meryl says that he's just a sad sad man <sighs> what can you do besides press forward right you just gotta go forward <laughs> what else do you do so they exit the commander's room they head north and they end up in like some sort of like glacier pass that is populated by these like wolf dogs oh okay and they're friendly to Meryl but not to snake they don't like snake they don't like snake at all for some reason even though he says that he's good with dogs, but... They just start nipping at you? Like they just start nipping him. They just attack him, and even, like, there's, like, this cute puppy one that attacks you. Really? This is these cute little puppies, but, like, damn, they don't <laughs> like you. But but they're good to Meryl, so you don't got to worry about her as you pass through this little cavern. Yeah. So they pass through the cavern, and then they finally get to the base of the uh, communication towers. And as they press forward, all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, Meryl gets sniped. Meryl! And she and she just drops to the floor and she's bleeding and she get, Snake takes cover. I mean, I guess what what can you do? What can you do in this moment? And this sniper shoots at Meryl again and again. And it's amazing to me that she's even alive at this point. No, she gets she gets shot so many times. And all Snake can do is watch. Yeah. And and she's bleeding out. And Meryl is just saying, like, she's using the oldest sniper's trick in the book to use me as bait to lure you out. And who's the sniper? Sniper Wolf. So you call your team and they're like, Sniper Wolf can wait for days. Once she has her eye on her prey, that's it. So Snake, you're going to have to go back and find the weapon that can defeat her. Mm-hmm. Which means... You have to leave Meryl. Yeah. If she even tells you to go. She says, leave me and run. Which, that's hard, man. Snake does it. He has to. Like, honestly, if, if you, the player, choose to stay there, there's literally nothing you can do. Because if you run out to her, you get shot. Yeah, you just get shot. That is, and you can't, like, you, Snake just shoots you. And, like, you, you can never make it to her post because she's just. No, no, and no weapon you have can reach her. So, 
You have to leave Merrill and backtrack. And with that, we will leave this episode on a cliffhanger. Will Snake make it back to Merrill? Is Merrill going to make it? Is Sniper Wolf really that good of a sniper? Where is Ocelot's right hand? Tune in next time to find out some of the answers to those questions. At Metal Gear University. We plan, and I will say this surely, the next episode, part three of Metal Gear Solid, will be complete. <laughs> yeah. We'll be we'll be the final one and complete, of course. I, I am looking at our notes that we did, and we could definitely, yeah, three a three-parter is for sure. Next one will be the last one. It makes me worried, folks, because the games just get more complicated from this. Yeah, they get more complicated and more dense. <laughs> so I'm thinking, especially with the way we're doing things, I, I want to continue to explain what's going on in these games in a very like 101 style format. But maybe we should try a new way of telling these stories. <laughs> What, to make it a little more concise, if we a, can? A little more concise, because, I, I I mean, if you, to the people who are listening, please let us know if uh, these multiple part series is something that's good. Yeah, let us know if you if you like the multiple parts, we'll keep it. But if you'd rather it be like a maybe one or two parter concise episodes, let us know. I, I think if we get no word, I guess that's continue on as we're doing. No news is good news, as I'd but, say. But yeah, let us know. Any feedback is helpful, and um, we're enjoying everything we're doing, so we just want to make it also enjoyable for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's the main thing, the, you know? The, the main mission of this podcast is to make Metal Gear as approachable as possible. So Educate and amuse you. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if, if for whatever reason, uh, these multiple-part episodes aren't doing it for you guys we're we'll adjust accordingly yeah um we definitely have a 201 episode i think we'll have it up after we finish the metal gear solid episodes what did we say it was we wanted to talk about not head cannons we want to talk about retcons yeah we're talking about uh yeah i think we were discussing either to talk about head cannon or retcons and i think we're at we're we're kind of leaning towards retcon yeah, we basically kind of discuss like which ones we liked, which ones we didn't. It'll be a two on one episode. Um, yeah, let us know your thoughts as always. You can DM us on TKNM. You can um put a little note within this um within the app itself. It asks a question and you can answer it. Or you can email us at TK and sometimes M at gmail.com. Or you could just like add us at Twitter. Yeah. You can do whatever you we want. We got so many different ways. Just contact us. Let us know. Just add us any way you feel. Whatever is <laughs> whatever's best for you. Um, as we end, T, any any closing words? Anything about um the master collection or this podcast? How you feeling? I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about everything. Like I I'm having fun with the master collection. This podcast has been like a really fun experience so far. Mm-hmm. Um so far. <laughs> not like that. It's just that like, you know, we're, we we just started. No, you know? it's, it's been super fun. Um, we definitely have um, another YouTube idea that's just in the works right now. Because, again, we're, we're, doing, oh, we're, we're doing so much. I feel, I feel like we have a lot we're doing of a lot. stuff going. We, we got a lot of stuff going in the, uh, the oven right now. <laughs> if there was anything I can say to any of you, if you have an idea, just do it. Yeah, just do it. Just do it, okay? Because it took us so many years to, like, I would say... 
stream. We talked about it for so many years and we just started doing it. And now look at all the stuff we're doing. It's fun. And some of it is very much free. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, Tom, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Of course. Thank and, you for and, being here. And, and thank you to all the listeners that listened this far. It means a lot. And honestly, we like all the comments and everything means a lot. I cannot begin to tell you. We've seen some really nice like comments where like I'll clutch my chest. I'm just like, just, like thank you. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot of people that say like a lot of sweet things, and it we we read all the comments, and it's it's really cool to see that people are really liking what we're doing. So let us know, um, let us know how we're doing. Let us know any questions, comments, or concerns. We'll be back we in a week or two weeks. Uh, in a week. Oh yeah, L- last little bit. Um, since, as we said earlier, we, we have, we also have a YouTube channel. We're thinking, uh, once we finish talking about, talking about Metal Gear Solid, that we'll make the podcast a, uh, every two weeks mm-hmm. per episode so that we could also continue our YouTube journey. And if you haven't seen our YouTube content, uh, it's TKNM on YouTube and you'll see our videos there our most popular one is called the cult of big boss i'm mm-hmm. sure if you could type that in you'll run into it there as well yeah we we want to make this sustainable we don't want to burn ourselves out so as much as we'd love to release a weekly one you know we got we got day jobs we got other things we're trying to do so we're trying to just make it um make this still fun yeah so and we're having fun but um we'll make sure this next episode will come out next week and then like you said We'll do a two um every two week special. So from there, Tom, thank you so much. Thank you so much, and thank you to all the listeners. Thank I, you. I, I feel like we said thank you for. We're very appreciative. Yeah. We're very appreciative. Okay, we'll end this. Everyone, have a good day. Um, happy Halloween too. I think. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween. Um, hope everyone is a medically solid character for Halloween. And if you're not, I'll find you. We'll find you. Um, with that. Goodbye. Bye, guys.